0: Hey, Hit Factory listeners, this is Aaron. If you're enjoying and want even more Hit Factory, including the entirety of this episode, consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash hitfactorypod. For just $5 per month, you'll get access to our premium biweekly episodes, bonus episodes, interviews, polls, and a lot more. Thanks for listening and supporting. You know, when you, when you see Pacino's uh, locker room speech. This is this is everything that Peter Berg has been trying to achieve with uh, any sports content he's ever made. With you know explosions in the sky going, you know, epically in the background, and this you know like love of the game, the magic of like the camaraderie and the sportsmanship, um, and it manages to, yeah, as you said to do it in in just under three hours, and <laughs> in a way that even even that series uh, struggled to for for some of its of its run.
1: And I love that monologue because it is inspiring, like it's some Pacino's best acting on display there, right? And he's going classic Pacino uh, on that one, right? But like, um, you know, it's both inspiring, but you also understand like the hollowness of it in the context of the in the context of the film, like he's got this is a man who who effectively has nothing anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Like he knows his his time is up um he knows he's like rapidly being he's a disappearing entity or whatever and like this is all he has and this is all he can convey it because this is all he's ever known right and this is the only way he can impart it to like another generation of people who will all all in some way end up like him you know one of my favorite i watched that monologue right before he started recording um and one of my favorite moments is oliver stone does that wonderful oliver stone cutaway to as the monologue's running he cuts to a shot of Pacino and you can hear Pacino's voice, but you're not seeing him speak the words, but he's pointing at Willie Beeman. <laughs> it's just like yes. a, a completely, <laughs> a completely like a uh, fantasy shot. Right. But he's still in the <laughs> locker room and, and it's, it's obviously Stone's way of com- conveying, like he's speaking to all the players, but he's specifically speaking to Willie um, in the most like obvious way possible, but it just works so well. Cause then like it cuts back to Willie and he's like, you see a murmur, like, yeah <laughs> it's fantastic it's such a it's such an absurdly like on the nose touch that doesn't feel like you don't it doesn't feel misplaced or it doesn't feel like cheap it's so neat i love that i love that so much about the movie like you know stone likes to run what three four cameras simultaneously yeah um and it's <laughs> and it's just it's glorious the way that he's able to like make that all snap together in the edit
0: Damato also seems to be a character that uh, Stone uses as a way to kind of explore his own misgivings with the shifting landscape of of Hollywood. You know, he kind of embodies this sort of archetypal '80s director who was making big movies um, and came into the '90s with a, a couple of big swings, a couple of misses, and seeing uh, a lot of these kind of indie darlings sort of uh, gaining momentum and and on the rise. Whether that's Linklater or um tarantino even at this point you know like all of these kind of young guns who are are creating uh a sort of new new filmic landscape and uh and you can you can see the ways in which stone himself might also be uh hearkening back to his former self and kind of trying to remind either the viewers in the audience or or maybe just you know the people he's working with and these other young directors that uh, a little bit of of old school class goes a long way.
1: Yeah, and I think, like in my head, this film is a a heartfelt speech to Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, and who you know, who I think is is maybe not an execution, but in terms of a thematic approach to his material, is the mo- closest to like a New Age Oliver Stone we have. You know what I mean? Um, hmm. Soderbergh is is eminently concerned with the political. He's eminently concerned with the same sort of stylistic play that uh that stone is is concerned with albeit Soderbergh takes a much more not gonna say elegant but subtle approach to to those things right um but like you know Soderbergh made his own version of any given sunday you know and he shot it on a fucking iphone and the whole thing was like 18 (laughs) long takes and 15 conversations in a room i mean it's a it's a 10 out of 10 movie don't get me wrong like high flying bird is amazing but like that You know, that is him doing the stone thing, (laughs) Um, just in in a complete inversion of it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like it's that that sort of stuff that, you know, I consider when I watch this is I also think it's very telling that it took Oliver Stone six years to make another movie. Um, You know, uh, I don't know how long it took to actually shoot Alexander, but, you know, his his career is effectively that was the beginning of the end for his career. Like he. His last like I, I haven't seen the director's cut of Alexander. It's been on my list for a long time. I hear it's very good. But, you know, like what I'm just looking at filmography now, Alexander, World Trade Center, W, Wall Street 2, Savages, which wasn't bad, Snowden, and then he's effectively done. Right. Like that's yep. he hasn't produced anything since it's his longest gap in filmmaking between any given Sunday and Alexander. He's now passed that with Snowden to nothing.